Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Cramming Memories. <laughs> you just not. What am I supposed to do? I'll look at you and you're just like, you're just like, woof. You're like, nothing. I'm like, well, I have to edit that. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Cramming Memories. (laughs) 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 Nothing. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Cramming Memories. We're so glad you guys joined us. No, that sounds so smart. <laughs> you got an attitude now because I, I made you mad. <laughs> you got to chime in, but like, you got to do well, it welcome, right. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Brandy. We are full-time husband and wife, part-time RVers. Sharing RV tips, tricks, and our adventures along the way. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Cramming Memories. We're so glad you guys joined us this time. That's right. Episode 16. Today we're going to talk about RV trends that are out there right now. Things we've seen, things we've heard about, things we've watched videos on, and some things that... We would like to see. Yes, the things we would like to see happen that maybe hasn't happened or hasn't happened on a large scale yet. Also, we're going to top the day off talking about propane, things you need to check for. Where do you get these propane tanks filled at? Um, do you get yours filled or do you just swap them out? And some safety features that you do need to be checking in your RV probably around once a month. So uh, hang in there with us and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Friends, episode 16, RV Trends. We've got a few to talk about. Oh, yeah. there's There can be a long list, but we're not going to bore you with minor details. Now, we're going to jump right in here. And uh, whenever we first started looking at campers years and years ago, one thing was very apparent. Um, they were definitely geared toward the um, seniors. Yeah, definitely not family friendly. No, they, they definitely weren't what most families would be um, decorating their their home like or their offices or anything like that. And slowly it's trending more to look like what most of us want our homes to look and feel like. Absolutely. Whenever we first started looking at them, uh, most of wood was super dark. Everything was dark. The fabrics were dark. The floors were super dark. The bedding was dark. The walls were dark. Everything was dark. And we started looking at campers... um, Five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. So it was already kind of trending lighter in most people's homes. Oh, yeah. It was, absolutely. But even though when we would go to look at campers, it just, they're small spaces anyway. And with the dark woods and the dark counters and the dark couches and everything that was just so heavy and dark, it just felt really small. But most of them are catching on now. They are finally catching on to what the average consumer wants. I think the the average age of an entry-level RV or travel trailer has definitely dropped over the past four or five years where oh, yeah. a lot of us the are getting owner, into it younger. Absolutely. So there are some that are still catching on a little more slowly that I've noticed, though. Some of the more higher-end coaches seem to still really be dark are um, rich and luxurious. Yeah, rich and luxurious. Maybe that's because most of their clientele are 
at that age group and that's just what they like and they know who their owners are and that is totally cool but we are seeing some trends that are that are definitely helping us whenever we go look to enjoy whenever we walk into them most of the entry and mid-level ones are trending toward that lighter more natural coloring thanks chip and joe that is true. Let's just <laughs> let's just get this out there. Chip and Joanna Gaines really started this for everybody. The whole ship lap, the whole light colors, the whole country farmhouse feel. Your homes are looking like it. New home, new build, new constructions looking like it. And so now RVs are trending that direction as well. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the colors and patterns. Our first camper. The, the flooring was fairly dark. Yes. And it looked like low-end, 12 by 12 peel and stick tiles, even it though did. it was one big piece of vinyl, because that's what people expected to be in a camper. Mm-hmm. One year later, we bought one that was one-year model newer. Even though it's the same type of material, it looks more like plank wood. Oh, right. Yeah. It looks like wood in here, and it's a lighter flooring. It's much lighter, which is great, because it just lightens everything up. So that's been a really good trend that they've been going towards. And also the the furniture and the cabinets are typically lighter in most campers now, or they have some kind of contrasting colors. Oh, yeah. We've actually walked into some travel trailers that have um, a white or a creamy color cabinet, but there's also some contrasting pieces um, in the coach that have wood, like just normal, regular, rich wood. So you've got that traditional darker cabinet, but you're counteracting that with the white cabinets as well. Yeah. And this is, this is a trend that, that we personally like, not, not just because of we, we like that style, right? but because it's just, it's, it feels better at night whenever you don't have as much light coming in. (laughs) That is very true. The other thing that most of the manufacturers are trending toward are the countertops and tabletops. Now ours are kind of contrasting. We have super light countertops in the sink area in the kitchen and in the bathroom yes but our dinette our dinette set is a darker wood but it's but it's a but it's a lighter color wood it actually reminds me of a surfboard from the 70s (laughs) i don't know why yeah i can totally see it but it but it it really does maybe i'll have to take a picture of it so everybody can like see what's going on but this, that is something, too. That's those contrasting colors instead of everything being super dark or either oak, kind of like right. a golden oak color, which was real popular back in the 90s and early 2000s. Speaking of countertops, the other thing that I've noticed of that most of the manufacturers are doing, um, even more of the entry level, are the mid-level travel trailers and uh, Class Cs and Class As. They have some sort of solid surface or sealed top countertops in them super nice ours are that way we have an entry level travel trailer kind of i would think and then um all of our counters are solid surface now granted when we say solid surface we're not talking granite we're not talking soapstone or you know quartz or anything these are just a sealed countertop yeah, they, these are more of a poured resin, which which kind of have a plasticky feel, mm-hmm. but but they are some sort of solid countertop that if you spill water on them or if water gets on the edge of them, they don't They're swell not up swell, yes. and break. And that is something 
Um, last time we were looking at some JCOs. Mm-hmm. We actually looked at a JCO before we bought this one. Loved, Loved so them. much about the JCO. But in their entry-level camper, they still had um, countertops that had the T-molding on the edge. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get the water rolling into it. And over a period of years, it oh, seeps yeah. past it and it swells open and it ruins it. Our camper now, we don't ever have to worry about that. It is totally a a solid type surface that you can get water all over and it will never hurt it. So we're very happy to see that trending toward oh, that yeah. way, even in the lower line RVs. So whenever some of the smart shoppers out there are looking for a used RV, mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about all these countertops being all swollen up and falling apart. Right. Yeah, that's an excellent trend. Backsplashes. Yes, we're seeing that in more and more RVs. Yeah, ours doesn't really have any special backsplashes in it, um, but we thought about adding some. It's it's another level of protection whenever you're cooking or, or preparing food. But a lot of the campers out there now, they're adding some sort of backsplash, whether it's a real tile backsplash mm-hmm. and some of the higher end ones. Or if it's some peel-and-stick plasticky right. backsplash. Right. It looks great. A lot of them are using a shiplap look or either a subway tile. If it's white subway tile or even stainless steel-looking subway tile, it looks really cool and it's protecting your walls. Yeah, and it serves a purpose. So it isn't just a bling for the <laughs> right. for your yeah. eye. It's actually serving a purpose. Speaking of lighter that just makes your room feel lighter, it's... I think every manufacturer, at least one we've walked in over the past couple years, everybody has LED lighting. Makes a huge difference. It makes a big difference. So it's brighter and it also conserves power. Now, one of the reasons why it's brighter, some people don't like, but LEDs typically have, has a super blue light, which is a higher Kelvin value. If you ever look at light bulbs, it's, it's usually 2300 Kelvin, which is a very yellowy light, up to 6000 Kelvin, which is basically daylight. It's super blue. Even though ours are LED bulbs, they are the warm they're probably around 3,000 Kelvin. Right, so it looks more like a normal light bulb would look. Yep, but it but it, but it it has a little crisper light to it, and, and we really like it. And we've noticed most of the other RV manufacturers are also going to LED lighting. So good job. That is a trend uh-huh. that is heading in the right direction. Window treatments. All right, confession time. <laughs> <laughs> um, we took several of our window treatments out of our camper, because they didn't really do anything. Right. We had some hanging down curtains from our valances that just really were not functional. They were not pretty. And a pair of scissors took care of them. My mama actually hung curtain rods. Like for real curtain rods? Yes. In her station wagon in oh, the back. Yeah, I remember those days. That's what it reminded me of. So yes. those came out immediately. Yes. But we have kept our um, valances, and most of the valances are a, a wood with some kind of fabric wrapped Super around neutral. them. Super neutral. They are very neutral. They are very lean. They don't take up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. And everybody seems to be trending toward that. Yes, and I love that because in some older travel trailers that we had walked through, they were scalloped. Valances, they had funky fabrics that just didn't go with anything that would be really, really hard to change out. The ones that we have in our travel trailer, super neutral. They can stay if we choose to change them. Super easy to do. That's right. Good job, manufacturers. Moving on, Bluetooth controlled systems. Yes. Not on ours, but (laughs) a lot of them are. Our radio does have where you can pair your phone to it. So minimally, it has a Bluetooth where you can pair your phone to it. 
But a lot of other manufacturers, even on their entry level, they are putting the Bluetooth controlled systems in there where you have some kind of panel in it that you could do your water heater, your water pump, your jacks, your awning, and your slide off one panel. And that panel has some Bluetooth functionality where you can have an app on your phone Mm -hmm. that'll pair to that device. And you can do things from your app, which is super cool if you back up and you need to put your... um, leveling system down you can stand out there with your phone and lower it right by the leveling system that's really cool so you can watch it just in case something shifts same thing with your awning ours is on a rocker switch by the door Mm -hmm. so i can lean out the door hold it down and look but i can't do that for my slide i always have to send somebody around to make sure i'm not taking a tree out right but um with these systems you can walk outside with your phone hit open slide and stand out there with it and watch your slide open so you can watch it as you're opening That's it. That's awesome. I think it's a good safety yeah. feature and it's something really cool that I'm sure costs are coming down on these systems and more and more manufacturers will start adding this. Yeah, it's really cool to see in some of the newer RVs. Frustrating as I'll get out is having multiple keys to get in your doors Oh yeah. and your storage units. Yes. A lot of manufacturers are jumping on the key to light door and storage system. So much nicer. It is nicer. Now, there is the company out there that makes most of the latches for the RV industry that you can buy direct from. Yes. So ours has two entry doors in it, one in the bath, one in the front. Mm -hmm. I did go ahead and buy one. So at least our doors match. Yes. And I have intentions on buying several more. So then our storage compartment doors will also match. Mm -hmm. That also gives you a little bit more security, too, because all the uh, storage compartment doors, just the standard quarter turned ones that you see, it's just a little silver or black cylinder. Those are all the same key. Shh. Every one of them. You're not supposed to say that. I know. Every one of them. But (laughs) but every RVer knows that. I actually got them right here. So, Did you hear that? He really got them out of his my pocket. Yep. So it's it's called a CH751 key. So pretty much it, you know, locks keep honest people out. So <laughs> <laughs> but if you go ahead and change all your storage ones out to the to the key to like, then it there's there's several hundred different keys that you could possibly have. So the chances of someone walking up with the same key is much more minimal than mm-hmm. everybody having the 751 key. But even beyond that. It's just awesome to have one key that can open every single thing on your camper. Yeah, it's really cool when we walk up to go to our camper and they have that sticker on there that says that they're all key to like. You, you do really like that. Yeah, and and honestly, um, I, I think most people would want to pay the manufacturer the $75 or $35 more that it would cost uh, to just yes. buy them that all match. But um, good job for several of you that are actually doing it out there. We've talked about certain things in the camper or um, outside things, control systems, fabric, lighting, but but layouts, that's typically the big selling point for most campers. Mm-hmm. It's how is this going to live with my family in it? How are the dogs going to behave in it? How can I get in and out of it whenever we're traveling down the road and I need to get in it without letting the slide out? Those are the things that a lot of people think about or they think about when they're buying their second camper because they hate the way their first one's laid out. Yeah, because they've learned that what they have is not functional. Yeah. So one of the things that most manufacturers seem to be trending toward, they're giving a better viewing angle to all your multimedia. Yes. And this seems to finally be catching up because people do watch TV and movies while camping, typically (gasps) at night. Shocker. So stop lying. Don't Shocker. say you never watch your TV. No, we go camping to enjoy okay. the wilderness. We typically watch our television whenever we first wake up. Yes. Because I like to watch the news and the weather. 
I'm an old yeah, man, whatever. That's what happens. And <laughs> typically at night, whenever we're going to bed, I like to watch the news again or the kids are popping a movie mm-hmm. just to have some Our uh, TV noise will be on. on yeah. yeah. So they are kind of trending toward putting some of those couches um, looking directly at the television. Another layout that, that we first saw several years ago, probably been three or four years ago at a camping show, it was basically the the Grand Design 2800BH layout. Right, the Imagine 2800BH. Yeah, that's that's the first one that we saw with it. There was one more uh, tin and stick model that we saw that had it, but they were that was the only two. Right. And that was the one where you walk in the back door and the bunks are immediately to your left and there's a bathroom. Then there's a couch just directly in front of a television. Mm-hmm. Behind the television was more of a pantry area, yep, which was closet. incredible. Yeah. Kitchen was to your right as you walked toward the front of the unit. Um, couch and dining was to your left. Bedroom was in the front. Right. Um, it's 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 really caught on, and a ton of people are out there making that model now. Just about every manufacturer has a floor plan very similar to that one. Yeah. And one of the cool things that I think they're actually learning from, because one of the things we never liked about that is is where the bunks were at night. If the kids wanted to lay in the bunk and watch TV or even kind of have a conversation with you, they, they were blocked. Right. Because they were up by the door. Yeah. So um, I think it's Evoke was one that we saw. So lovely. Those are really cool campers. Check them out. Evokes. Um, they flopped where the bathroom and where the bunks were. Yes. So it put the bunks as you walk in the back door further away, which was in line with the entertainment stuff mm-hmm. and the uh, eating area. It was great. They just had a better line of sight. So good job manufacturers learning what what people want or just what flows better. And another layout that really seems to be catching on is more of the bumper puller campers being laid out like a fifth wheel. Oh, yeah. We've seen that trend a good bit. Actually, another grand design floor plan is a reflection. And they have a fifth wheel model in this traditional layout. And then they also have a bumper pull in it. It's heavy. But it's really, really nice. Yeah, it's basically a a rear living with a um, an island with an island for the kitchen, and in the bedroom the the bed is turned sideways, and there is a slide out for that bed. Mm-hmm. So it is really laid out just like a fifth wheel. But like Brandy said, having a bumper puller that's like that with all those slides, it gets super heavy because it's super long. It is. So it's like, man, if I'm going to get a truck that can really handle this bumper puller. Mm-hmm. I may want to just get the yeah. fifth wheel. Yeah, but it's a beautiful floor plan, and it's it's, it's something that we're seeing a lot more of is that um, manufacturers are building RVs, like bumper pullers, in floor plan styles of a fifth wheel. One other thing that is that is really pushing forward in a lot of campers, and, and ours is kind of prepped, but it's not it's not a real prep for it, but solar. Yes. Solar is getting really big. Now, ours has got a little solar plug and it says solar prep. Solar prepped. All that means is you can buy one of those little briefcase solar panels and Mm -hmm. you plug it in and it trickle charges your battery. Mm -hmm. It's not what people really think about solar, but there are more and more units out there now that are coming with solar panels on top of the unit and or they are truly prepped for solar panels with a connector up top and they have an inverter already built in. Yes, we, we have seen several models like that. Having that inverter with your solar system and some sort of management system, that's what creates the solar system like you really think that you can charge your batteries with the sun. And then from that DC voltage, you can have an inverter that makes 120. 
Yes. That way you can actually run your air conditioner for a short amount of time or anything else in the, you know, in the RV. Your coffee pot, but that's fine. Yeah. And there, there are more and more units coming either with those on it or they are truly prepped where all you have to do is buy the actual panels and plug them in up top and you're ready to go. One other thing that I've seen kind of kind of trending on some of the, maybe I'd call them mid-tiers, but I saw on the true upper line travel trailer. And Airstreams have a marine flooring in them. Yes. It's a very tight woven fabric that to me at first, I'm like, this is horrible. Right. My dogs are going to tear it up. It's going to be filthy. They're going to tear it up. Sand's going to get in it. Dirt's going to get in it. But the more that I've looked into it and watched people live with it, it's really cool. It it actually doesn't allow that dirt to get down in it. Right. Um, And the floorings that I have seen that, that have it, and the floorings that I have seen that have it, they take like the the end of a claw hammer and like, oh, and like yeah. hit it. All, it's all, like all the, the salesmen are yeah. trying to show you. And it and it really doesn't tear. So after a uh, probably a year or two of me seeing that in the um, airstreams, I started to see it in the evokes. And those are I don't really call those entry level because of the price, um, but they are more of a mid tier yeah. bumper pullers. And um, they have that kind of flooring in it. And mm-hmm. I'm starting to see it more and more. And it really does make sense because it is, if you if your kid's running here and you're, and you're wet, mm-hmm. it doesn't just run everywhere like if you're on vinyl and it's not carpet and it doesn't soak it up. Yeah. So it is a really good fabric. And I'm interested to see how many more people will pick that upper line kind of marine flooring up. People travel with their pets. We travel with our pets. We do travel with our pets some. Sometimes we leave them at home. Sometimes we take them. When we don't take them, we miss them. When we take them, we miss leaving them home. So I don't know what the win is there. (laughs) But there are more manufacturers adding pet amenities to the campers. It has been super cool to see. It has. Some of the more simpler ones is they have um, leash holders. Right. For outside, you can connect your dog to their dog run, like just easily outside. I love that feature. Yeah, and it'll basically hook it up right outside of the door. If you have a chewer, I would not do that because you may walk off and leave your dog tat <laughs> and come back and he's chewed the propane that's line. Well, yeah. Um, so, but but anyway, that's cool. Uh, dog food holders and water bowls actually integrated in the cabinets at the bottom. That that was a grand design thing whenever mm-hmm. I first saw it. Right. That's grand design was the first manufacturer that we saw that did that. Um, underneath the refrigerator, there's a drawer and it has a water bowl and a food bowl. We are seeing that um, drawer show up in lots of manufacturing brands. Yes. And one interesting thing that I've only seen on one brand at a show, they have these pet extension rooms. Well, yes, we have seen that. (laughs) It's kind of like a little door that you open up and it flops down and creates a floor that is really made for small puppies or cats. Yeah. And it's got a tent material over it and the pet can climb into it and kind of look out into the world. Mm-hmm, just like a cat window. It's I not guess. made for big labs. They they no. would probably dive through Our it, dogs but definitely smaller do that. ones. One other thing that's in kind of the the layout bucket, um, we have seen other travel trailers um, have something that typically we only saw on larger fifth wheels or big class A's off the back of them, and that is side porches. It was super cool. We were at an RV park several months ago, and this family was setting up their travel trailer, and they had a porch that came off to the side, opened up off the side, just like um, a toy hauler fifth wheel. 
It was so, so cool. Yeah, really, really neat. I can see how that that could be really functional if you travel with very small children. Yes. Um, you can still be outside without mm-hmm. them, um, you know, fear of them running off. Or if you had smaller pets where you wanted to just put them outside yeah. so they could hang out outside by themselves for a while and you had no fear of it's them really running cool. off. So good job, RV manufacturers. We are trending in the right way. But there are a few things that we wish that they would continue to push forward and do a little bit better. And I'm going to preface this. Everything costs money. Whenever it gets better, it usually costs No, oh, of course money. it does. I mean, that that's just time is money, materials are money. But I think these are still some things that would either cost minimally more or just no more that would create a better product. And then you have people who are enjoying your product out of the gate more. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to sing your praises. Number one, better mattresses. Amen. The mattresses are ridiculous that come in these campers. And we've said that a couple times. We typically, um, our first one, we dealt with it and put a topper on it. Our second camper, I took it out as soon as I got home. It was still in plastic. I put it on a uh, sale site and I sold it. You did. We, <laughs> and we, we bought never a new slept camp- tonight. Yeah. yeah and, and we bought a new mattress. It was just a phone one off of Amazon. That, that seems to be where everybody's trending. And we've been really happy with it. Absolutely. There's no way in the world that I would want to travel long term in the RV mattress that comes with a camper. Yeah. So just just put some better mattresses in these things. Nobody's yes. going to hate you for it. No. Quality control. Uh, we've talked about this before as well. And nothing frustrates us more than walking through brand new travel trailers that are thirty to $50,000. And there's trim falling off. There's faucets that are broken. Um cabinets that are off their hinge. It's so frustrating. Yeah, it is. And like I've said in other episodes, having a good dealer um, helps a lot of this because our dealer, whenever he gets an RV in, he kind of knows what comes off the line that's kind of overlooked or shoddy and he'll actually go ahead and fix it before it goes on the sales lot. So a lot of these concerns in our camper we really didn't have because right. they, they were fixed while they were PDI'd. So kudos to your good local dealers who have great service people. Um, but some of the other things that, that people like me who like to tinker and take things apart or make you know make them better find that just make us shake our heads. Whenever you pull a panel off to either wire something in or check something, and it literally looks like they took ball pin hammers and slammed <laughs> holes through the sides of cabinets just to pull cable. It's like, why? Go ahead and use your little hole saw that you used on this other hole that's right next to the one that looks like you beat through it. And just do it that way. Um, One of the other things that I think they could do a a better job is whenever they were wiring it and trying to keep all that cabling and wire um, a little more neat in there. You love some cable management. Yeah, I, I get time is money. But it is kind of crazy the way that wires are just everywhere and just hanging. So quality control, the way uh, trim stuff looks, the way finishes are, those are the fine details that would cost them a little bit more money on the factory end Mm because they would have to pay that. I'm sure all these people have somebody that looks through these and clean them up before they roll off the line. But I don't think they're doing a great job. Now, whenever you start jumping into that higher class of fifth wheels and class A's, 
they definitely get more of a fine tooth comb. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah, and they actually they actually leak check a lot of those too. They have a system where they put pressurized air in, mm-hmm. and they can leak check them with soap, you know, with soapy water. So some of them are going the extra mile. So that that's a great job. But even some of the simpler things like putting holes through cabinets to run wires, um, you know, nailing on trim. How about use three Brad nails instead of one? True story. <laughs> and that would just hold it on. I think they could do a little better job with that. Where the rubber meets the road, I wish they would start just putting better tires from the factory. Yeah, I don't think that that would be a huge cost difference, and it would make their product so much better. And it would, I think, give consumer um, satisfaction a lot more as well. Yeah, totally. And uh, Jayco and Evoke are two that I know that are that are actually putting Goodyear tires on their campers straight awesome. out of the factory. And I bet, I mean, I'm no super businessman, but <laughs> but if I were building campers and I called Goodyear or whoever up, I said, hey, I want to buy 80,000 tires from you next year. Yeah. I need to hit this cost. Can you help me? I bet they could really put a little better tire on there mm-hmm. for not much more. And as a consumer, I bet we would absorb that price oh, and be happy about it. For sure. I mean, and, but then what would all of the RV owners complain about on the Facebook boards? That is true. So <laughs> even having good tires on your camper does not omit you from checking tire pressure That's right. and torque on your wheels. Being so a good owner. The next thing that has, has been a little frustrating for us, mostly for my wife, because she just looks at me and she's like, why have you not fixed this yet? The faucets that come in entry to mid-level campers, oh, they're wow. all the same. They drive me crazy because they squeak every time <laughs> you turn on the water, anytime you move the faucet. It's so annoying. Yeah, they, they are plastic, even if they look metal. They are 100% plastic, and that is definitely on our list to upgrade. So my recommendation, for these uh, manufacturers are, I get why you use plastic. They're lighter Mm -hmm. and you're trying to build ultra light campers. But how about find a manufacturer that knows how to make rubber O-rings that that doesn't squeak? (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. And that's definitely something I think they need to do a little better job of. Extra sleeping areas. We have a jackknife sofa. Um, it's marginally comfortable for us to lounge on. It's not horrible. No, it's not bad. We to like hang it. Out we on. like it. When you fold that thing down, I wouldn't want to sleep on it. Never. No. So some of the manufacturers are doing more of the uh, fold-out sofa rather than the jackknife. They're a lot more comfortable. They are. So yet again, it is cost versus weight. I get why we're using some of these lighter weight, smaller jackknife sofas, but why don't we just go ahead as a whole and just bust right through to a little more comfortable. <laughs> so whenever we do bring uh, kids and their uh, friends along with us, um, we really do have a more comfortable place for them to sleep. Yes. So one of the um, things that I would love to see uh, trending in just a entry-level or mid-level or travel trailer is um, water purification systems for drinking. And what I would love is in the kitchen having a separate spout for water. And we travel often and we end up using way more bottles of water than we care to use because most of the time I'm not going to drink water from the faucet because I don't always trust it depending on where we're camping. So I would love some kind of water purification system so that I feel more confident in fixing a glass of water or making coffee from the faucet. One other thing that 
seems to be pretty much a standard across the line is any cabinets that are in your kitchen area, for whatever reason, they don't like to put shelves in them. No, it's just open cabinets. <laughs> Which is great. We, we actually have plenty of cabinet space. But without any shelves, it's hard to organize, and you can only stack things so high before when you bounce down a the road, they just fall over. They just over. fall over, right. So we are going to add some um, adjustable shelves to the cabinets. Maybe they have some kind of deal with with uh, Amazon and all these shelf stacking <laughs> things where they just say, we're not going to do this, so they'll So that you everything. can go buy it, so you can do your upgrade. Totally. So RV trends, a lot of good things moving in the right direction. Still a few more things I think they need to do a better job with. On several of our podcasts, we've talked about what powers your RV um, we've talked about propane specifically about what it you know what it does things that actually run off of it. But some people still don't really know what propane is. So really quickly, I'm going to run over what it is, um, where and how I get mine filled, what's actually running off of it, and um, what are the different cylinders and whenever you check them, when are they good and when are they bad? All right, propane. 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 Propane is is basically kind of like natural gas, but it's a different type of gas. So you can't use natural gas where you run propane, and you can't use propane where you burn natural gas. They have different um, orifices in them because it takes more of one and less of another. So devices are made to work on either natural gas or propane or both, but you usually have to swap out parts. Wowzers. Yes. So just read your manual about that and don't try to do anything silly like hook your natural gas from your house up to your camper. It's propane. It's not natural gas. All right. But propane, it's it's known as liquefied petroleum gas or LPG. All right. It's, it's, it's normally compressed and stored as a liquid. So that's why whenever you pick that tank up for your propane grill or your camper and you shake it, you feel it kind of bumping around because it's stored as a liquid down in there, right? Um, it's it's typically used for water heating and cooking and also a fuel for um, forklift operators, farm equipment, and also your um, furnace in your camper. So those are mm-hmm. some of the few things that, it, that it's used for. Um, how is it stored and filled? Well, number one, most important thing, is it is stored in an approved cylinder, you're not going to get propane in some plastic container. <laughs> oh, no, that doesn't sound very good. No, it's not safe. So it has to be an approved propane cylinder. Whenever you bought your camper, they they typically come with the propane tanks, Those right? Those are the two white tanks up, at the up front. front. Yeah, okay. some only have one. Some are 20-pound tanks. Some are 30-pound tanks. But those are approved propane tanks. So that's what you're supposed to use. What does it run? We've we've kind of went over this several times. On your camper, it can run your, your furnace. It can run your refrigerator. It can run your water heater. If you have other spigots coming off, it can also run um, outside grills. Oh, that's cool. So those, those are some of the few things. Um... One gallon of propane weighs about 4.2 pounds. That seems kind of heavy. Yeah. So this is something that can be a little confusing um, whenever you purchase propane is um, if if you have a cylinder filled up, they charge you by the gallon, not the weight. Oh, so So, then that should be cheaper. Yeah. 
I mean, if you're looking, at, if you're expecting to fill it by weight, I don't know. Yeah, it, that's why exactly. That's why people get turned around by it. <laughs> I don't but know. propane is typically uh, it's it's been fairly cheap over the past several years. Um, a full twenty pound cylinder should have about four point seven gallons. So that's just a little number in your head whenever you go to get one filled, mm-hmm. and you're like. 4.7, this should be 20 pounds, where they're talking about gallons, how much propane is in it, not the weight. That's typically how they how they bill for it. Gotcha. So, refilling your tank versus tank exchange. Tomato, tomato, chocolate ice cream, vanilla ice cream. Whatever you want to do, <laughs> just do it. I prefer to actually refill mine, and there's, there's a couple reasons why. I can refill these a lot cheaper now than I can go swap one out. That's yes. reason one. Yes. Reason two is I got nice new tanks when I bought my camper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to swap it out for a tank that was probably manufactured longer ago. Yes. Or that's been repainted and it just looks bad. You want a pretty one. I want a pretty one. So some of the places that I do get them filled, um, I usually find a tractor supply. I don't know how national tractor supplies are, but it's just kind of a tractor and farm supply store. Um, They will fill your propane tanks. Surely you have something like that around Mm -hmm. you. Um, U-Hauls will also do it. Most camping worlds, um, I believe it's like a Tuesday or Thursday. You can Google that. Um, They actually usually have a sale on propane where where they'll, they'll fill it a little bit cheaper. Oh, yeah. I think so, I've seen those signs. Yeah. So go ahead and check those stores out. And rather than swapping it out next time, take it off and go get it filled up and see if it saves you some money. I think last time I had mine filled up, it wasn't totally empty. Um, it may have been a little more than half and I had it topped off. It, it, I think it cost me $7. Yeah. You were really surprised when you came home as to how inexpensive it was to f- fill it up. Definitely. So tank safety. There are some safety things about the tank that you have to worry about. Um, Anytime you transport them, make sure that the valve is closed. Um, You don't know if there's a little bit of that gas left in there. And if you don't have it seated properly, I mean, what if you put it in the back of your truck with your tonneau cover closed and it's seeping a little bit and you let your tailgate down where you go and get it filled and somebody walks by and does something and there's, there's, a, there's a spark. That's way out there, but it it's could happen. But it, it could happen. happen. So just make sure that it's nice and closed tightly. Um, whenever I transport them, I usually have them in some other kind of little box. And I have them bungee cord and are um, ratchet tied to my truck. So they're not bouncing around. It's just a little safety precaution I like to take. The other thing about them is um, they are only good for 12 years once they're manufactured. And what I mean by only good is they should be recertified after that 12-year mark and then every five years after that. So I think once I hit my 12-year mark, I'll either go buy new tanks or I may just start swapping them out by then. Mm-hmm. So um, you need to look at the little date on it. You you can Google that and, and, and find pictures that actually show you where to find that on your propane tanks if you want to know That's cool, if sir. they're still safe. If you got to get them refilled, the guys at the shop know this. And if it's more than 12 years old and hasn't been recertified, they will not fill it. One question a lot of people always have is how do I tell how much propane is left in it? There are a couple things that you can purchase and stick on the side, and it's basically just checking temperature. They're not super accurate. Um, the two things I do, one of them is called the hot water method, 
and you get some pretty hot sink water. It has to be not scalding, but pretty doggone hot. You pour it down the side of your propane tank until that cup's empty. And then don't give it any time to cool off and start running your hand from top to bottom. Now, because this is a liquid at the bottom, whenever the water hits where that liquid is, that starts pulling the actual heat out of that water. So as you run down the side, you'll, you know, you'll feel where the water's warm, 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 warm. And then you'll hit where there's a temperature change. And you can kind of gauge where it is on that, you know, on that cylinder. Is it half full? Is it a quarter full? Or is it three quarters full? So that's kind of an old school way yeah. to check it. Yep, that's fun. That is fun. The other way that I know is we have dual tanks and I have an automatic switchover. So whenever I have the arrow pointed to one tank, when that tank runs out, there's a little um, clear window. It mm-hmm. turns red. So if you so check it, know. yeah, it turns red and then I'll just flop it over, even though it does auto change. And I just go get that one that's empty uh, filled up. Mm-hmm. So th- those are a couple ways just, just to check. The other thing that you need to check is your um, carbon monoxide alarm in your camper. You need to hit that once a month to make sure it goes beep, 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 because you don't want to be cooking in here and forget to... Um, open your vent. Oh, no. And slowly be poisoning your whole family. Yeah, that's not a good idea. And everybody knows propane and natural gas smell horrible. They actually put an additive in it because naturally um, it does not smell Mm -hmm. and it's super dangerous. So they put an additive in it. If you ever do smell propane really strong, um, the best thing to do is not turn anything on in your camper. Don't hit a light switch. Don't turn anything off. When you open the door to like get out, um, try to open it slowly so you don't have any static electricity. Walk slowly too, because if you walk fast over rugs and carpet, that creates static electricity in your body. When you touch something metal, it could spark and cause an explosion. Well, that's scary. Yeah. Get everybody out. I would leave the doors open anything to ventilate it, and then move away and then call the fire department. Um, don't try to go back in there and be a hero. If it if, if it's that strong where you think something's wrong, something is majorly wrong. And now that fall is upon us, even though it's still 90 degrees during the day, <laughs> this is a great time to to check your propane system if, if you don't use it often. Um, one other way to check for uh, leaks, most people may not do this unless you take it to a, a shop. You, you can mix up soapy water, mm-hmm. open up your propane, uh, maybe turn on the, the oven till it fires just to make sure it's going through the system and start at your tanks and spray it down with the soapy water and spray a one or two foot section and give it 15 or 20 seconds and watch it and see if it bubbles just to see if you have any leaks. That's always a great idea. Even if you don't have time to do that, just with a a flashlight, look up under your camper, any um, hose or metal propane lines that are exposed, look and make sure nothing from the road has come up and hit them. Yeah, that's a great idea. All right. Thank you guys for listening to episode 16 of Cramming Memories. We talked about RV trends and some propane basics and checks. We want you to check us out on Instagram at Cramming Memories. Find us on Facebook at Cramming Memories. If you have any questions or any comments or any ideas, feel free to to connect with us. We'd love for you to join us. 
That's right. And uh, check out that kit link if you want to see the products we are uh, using whenever we do go camping. Just click on those links. Doesn't cost you a cent more and takes you right to your normal shopping web page. And remember, we're encouraging you to start cramming memories into everyday life. 